Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking, and seeing as how we've all got a little extra time on our hands at home, um, hello, social distancing, let's get down to business in the kitchen. Come hang every Monday while we talk about all things food, and I answer your burning questions about cooking, ingredients, swaps, tips and tricks, etc. I'm also going to be highlighting super rad small businesses, and we're going to be learning about other incredible makers in the food world, and who even knows what else. Anything's fair game in 2020, right? What's Gabby cooking in the wild? Here we come. Welcome back to another episode of the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. I'm your host, Lauren McGowan. I can remember the first time I got critical feedback in a job. I was a fresh college grad working as an event coordinator for a nonprofit. And one of the board members let me know that I needed to consider public speaking classes because I didn't present very well. Not only did I have to hold my breath in order to keep the tears from running down my face, but I also took it all very, very personally. When I look back now, I see what a missed opportunity that was. Feedback is a gift. And yet research shows that there's a mismatch between how much we want it versus what we're currently getting from our bosses at work. That's why I've invited the expert on giving and receiving effective feedback, Therese Houston, a PhD and author of Let's Talk, Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower, to share the three types of feedback, advice for approaching feedback talks, even when it's negative, and even what to do if you're like me and the tears just start rolling easily. And now this is the Career Contessa podcast. Therese Houston is a PhD and a thought leader on feedback, decision-making, gender, and unconscious bias. Her day job is working as a cognitive scientist at Seattle University, and she's also the author of a few books, including How Women Decide, and most recently, Let's Talk, Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower. Uh, So there's a real feedback mismatch at work, and recent studies reveal that 44% of managers dread giving feedback and would rather not give it at all, while 65% of employees wish their managers gave feedback more often, not less. So, Therese, where does this mismatch start? Where is it coming from? Well, thanks, Lauren. Thanks for having me here today. It's a great question. Why why this mismatch of employees want more feedback and managers are reluctant to give it? There's something hidden here, and that is that managers don't tend to know what kind of feedback employees want 
and they dread giving it. And if they knew what kind of feedback employees wanted, they would dread it less. So I, when I, whenever I, a company brings me in to do a workshop on how to give better feedback, I like to ask the question, what kind of feedback do you need most right now? Just you as an employee, what kind of feedback do you need? And I, I do it as an anonymous poll. And on average, about 60% of people want a particular kind of feedback. Can you guess, Lauren, what kind of feedback they want? Hmm. I would say something related to performance or like next steps. I don't know. So I'm thinking of like how people love to know that they're on the right track. Uh, I don't know what the name of that would be though. Sure. Yeah. No, those are great guesses. And and your your guess about, you know, what next steps are, that's exactly what people want. About 60% on, you know, give or take, want coaching, what I call coaching, which is um, advice. Yeah. yeah. Next steps. What should I be working on? How do I solve this problem? And it's really interesting because managers don't realize that, you know, some managers are just too busy to offer coaching, but I think most managers would be willing to offer it if they realized that's what they knew people were seeking. Um, Mm -hmm. So the good news is probably at least 50% of the people on your team want more coaching and you're probably willing to offer that. You're probably willing to help people figure out next steps. Now, not, not everyone's seeking coaching. I just want to clarify. Usually when I do these workshops, about 15 to 25% of people want appreciation, which is the other thing that you said, you know, they want to, they want to be recognized for their good work, that they're on the right Right. track. Right. And then another 15 to 25% want to know where they stand. You know, am I where you expect me to be six months into the job? Or am I where you expect me to be given the skill set that I have, right? Or the role that I have. So it's important for managers to ask people what kind of feedback would be most helpful to you right now. People aren't used to getting that question. So they might, there might be an awkward silence, but, (laughs) you know, but you can say like, well, do you need some appreciation? Do you want some coaching? Do you want to know where you stand? Giving people those three options, they'll be like, oh, wow, you're serious about this. Okay. Like, you know, I guess I want some coaching. <laughs> yeah. And it, and it really opens up the conversation. It gives, it puts the other person in the driver's seat. So that would be my explanation of why there's a mismatch. Managers don't know what kind of feedback people want. And they'd be relieved to find out that people want a coaching and appreciation. And you can be the good manager who opens up that conversation. I was just thinking too, like when I give feedback, it's almost always appreciation. It's, I don't, I guess I think of myself as someone who's like constantly checking in with the team. So I think that I'm kind of doing this coaching or where you stand on a more regular basis. But I actually think it would be better or either ask, you know, the people on my team what they want or also just start to approach feedback where it's like, here are the three buckets and making sure I hit those buckets. Because I feel like when I give feedback often and I do it in the quote unquote formal feedback way, I do it as appreciation because I always thought that feedback was sort of like, let's go in the past, think about what you've done and then tell you, you know, yay or nay on those things. And and you're right in line with best practices there. You know, there's great research from John Gottman and others indicating that the best relationships have a lot more positive interactions and negative interactions. And the magic ratio is at least five positive interactions for every one negative interaction. They're in the business setting, it should be closer to six. But if you, even if you aim for five, and so that would mean, you know, you can think about it as five pieces of praise for every criticism. So the fact that you lean heavily into telling people what you see in their work that you appreciate, that you want them to do more of, that you value, brilliant. Keep doing that. And and I hope more people who are listening to this will take that approach as well. Mm -hmm. What do you think are the common reasons 
behind not giving feedback besides the fact that people maybe don't know what type of feedback to give. Um, we did ask our Instagram community uh, before you came on. And I said, do you guys get feedback at work regularly? 64% of people said no. And then I also said, or asked if your boss's feedback is specific and helpful. And 63% said no, not at all. <laughs> so yes. is that another reason why people are not giving feedback is they just don't even really know what to say? Yeah. Yeah. And, and your numbers are, are right in line with what I see with when I'm brought into an organization to help them improve their feedback culture. It's, it's really tricky. So part of it's COVID. Um, you know, we're yeah. recording this during COVID and people don't have those moments where they're walking back to their desk together and they can say, hey, so, you know, at that point in your presentation, here's what I was thinking, right? Or I'm wondering if you could spend a little more time on blank, right? Those kind of casual feedback conversations aren't happening. Instead, we have to schedule a call. We have to schedule the yeah. meeting after the meeting, right? Um, I, I know I'm missing that with my colleagues and being in the office working remotely now for you know, 16 plus months. So part of it, part of it's the opportunities. We're missing those. But even, even when we were in the common workspace together, feedback doesn't happen as often. Praise, 37% of managers will admit they don't praise their employees for good work. Can you imagine that? One out of three, I, right? I don't get that at all because I feel like it's the easiest thing to do. And I don't it, understand why like so many bosses just like don't like they don't say, Hey, I appreciate your work or you did a good job. Like, I don't understand that. It's remarkable. I find it, I find it mm-hmm. baffling as well as someone who also leans into praise and appreciation. And, and when, when people are interviewed in more depth and they're willing to admit why part of it is they're afraid people will get complacent. Part of it is that they think that the value that I add as a manager is to point out where you can improve or where there's a problem that I don't add value by praise. But I like to think of it this way. Praise is not the Sunday with the sprinkles on top, right? It's not it's not yeah. the treat that you have every once in a while. It needs to be the main meal. You know, think about it as a as a as a plate of salmon and broccoli. It's the stuff you need to have more often. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really good for the other person and it builds trust. So there are so so many reasons that we need to be giving more praise. So if you're one of those people who is reluctant to give praise, you're doing, you're doing more good than harm, much more good. You're giving people the sustenance they need. And I, and I, I try to reinforce that people are reluctant to admit that they don't give praise, but like I said, it's more common than we'd, we'd expect. Yeah. So I know that, I mean, one, everyone should just buy your book to understand how to give effective <laughs> feedback perfectly. But if you could try to sum it up or, or give us some tips. How can we give effective feedback and also receive effective feedback? Just overall, like how do we approach this? If everyone hates doing it, how can we do it so that we're better at giving it more often and we can pretty much give it to anyone at work, whether it's to our boss or to an employee? Well, so here's here's one tip that many of us overlook. And so I think it's it's something you can begin doing right away. You know, a lot of managers, when they have to give critical feedback, they want some way to start the conversation, right? They, they're trying to figure out how mm-hmm. do I ease into this? And there's great research by Leslie John. She's a business professor, management professor at Harvard Business School. And she finds that people are much more receptive to bad news when you state your good intentions first. So um, let's say that you're going to be giving Lisa feedback on um, uh, how she led a meeting this morning and you, you have some concerns about how she started the meeting. So you don't just want to launch into like, Okay, so this morning's meeting. Er, um, <laughs> yeah. Instead, you want to move into like, okay, Lisa, I, I know you want to lead more meetings, and I know this is a priority, a skill you're building. Um, I 
And I really want to help you do that. So I just framed it as I, I know this is a priority for you. I want to be supportive. And, and you've just framed it as good intentions. And the reason it's important to do that is Leslie John and her colleagues find that when people have bad news coming, they immediately ascribe negative intentions on the other person's part. They yeah. rarely, they rarely ascribe positive intentions. It's, you know, it's the, the classic, um, you know, shooting the messenger. So if you start with positive intentions, Lisa's going to hear your feedback in a much more positive way. The other thing that you can do, a great tip is to lead with questions. So ask Lisa, how did you think that went? What part would you do again? What part would you change? And now Lisa gets to own the conversation. She feels more comfortable because she, because she gets a chance to say, oh, right, like we got to that yeah. one part, you know, and Brandon like I kept interrupting me and I wish I'd been able to handle it differently, right? So she gets to lean into, first of all, what she noticed. And that gives you the reassurance. Now you can build off of that. Like, you're right. I was concerned when Brandon kept interrupting, but I also had this concern. And I think this might've led other people to think they could just jump in and kind of attack your ideas. And so she's opened up the conversation by asking, by you being the great manager and asking, how do you think it went? Research shows that one of the number one things you can do to improve perceptions that you're a good feedback giver is to ask the other person's perception first. Find out first, mm. what, did, what did they think? And so that's a step many of us skip. And you might say, oh yeah, you know, but Lisa's gonna go off on a tangent. That's okay. You can always say, hey, look, um, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm short on time. I wanna make sure. You can always interrupt, right? But start with asking, how do you think it went? What do you think? What would you do the same? What would you change? And you're gonna be, it's gonna give you real insight into how much that other person understands. And it's gonna give mm-hmm. you something to build off of. So those are two great tri- tips. Start with good intentions. Ask the other person, how do you think it went? Yeah, I love that. And those work for whether you're asking, you know, going to your boss or your peer, or if your boss is coming to you. Is there um, a tip around timing? Like it has to be done within 24 hours of the event, or <laughs> can you <laughs> wait two weeks later and give it? Because I also feel like a lot of times feedback is only given in like performance reviews. So right. some people honestly get it like once a year, which is terrible. Yes, it just, it is terrible. Yes. So I, you know, I like to make the analogy, you know, I have a, a, a beautiful picture of, of a, a blossoming cherry tree. And I like to point out that, you know, cherry trees only blossom in Japan for two weeks out of the year. That's great for cherry cheese, trees. It's terrible for feedback. We should not just, <laughs> we should not just be like having people like open up and blossom to the two weeks of the year after their performance. Yeah. You need to be doing it more often. So in terms of frequency, immediate is best, especially with praise and with coaching. If you see, if you spot something, say something, right? So mm-hmm. that's always the best practice. Having said that though, Lauren, I know some people who are like, oh crap, it's been five days. I can't give the feedback. No, nope, no, nope, still give it. Better sooner yeah. than later. Better to give it now. You know, I, I heard a horror story and I, I tell this story in my book. There was someone that I interviewed um, who, his name his pseudonym is Luis. And early in his career, he'd gotten through a full first year on the job. He was so excited. It was performance review time. He goes into his boss. He thinks, as far as he can tell, the year was great. She didn't have any critical feedback. And she says, okay, Luis. And she reaches behind her. And she pulls a binder off the shelf, a binder he's never seen before. And she opens it up. She said, okay, so last February, you said this. <laughs> <laughs> and she keeps turning pages. Every month is a new page. And he's like, oh my God, gosh. That is a horror story why didn't you tell me? <laughs> right? Um, because he's, he's like, I, I could have changed. I could have, I could have stopped doing this last March. Why did you let this go on for a year? Needless to say, he did not 
stick around to see what next year's binder would bring. (laughs) And that's the risk we run is that people are going to be like, you're a terrible feedback giver. And there's data showing that millennials, especially, you know, this is now what 35% of the workforce, millennials want feedback more often, Gen Z also. So if this these are people that you want to hold on to. You see a rising star, a bright spot in your organization. You've got to be giving feedback more often. They're not going to have the same appetite for feedback that your Gen Xers have. They want it more often. You need to, you need to get in the habit. I even put it on my calendar, you know, yeah. and I don't, I don't label it feedback because, I, you know, people can see my calendar. I label it prep and praise repeat is what that stands for. Right. And it's my reminder of like, I need, okay, let's take an hour on Friday mornings to give, give, give people feedback. Mm -hmm. Wow. These are all great tips, especially just understanding the three types of workplace feedback. I mean, just that alone, if people use that as like a bullet point list to, to give feedback, I think we would see vast improvements in some of this data, but since you were coming on the show, I actually asked our Instagram community for their questions and they had a lot of good ones. So I want to go through a few of them, kind of put you in the hot seat for this a little bit, but um, sure, that's okay. So that's great. Okay. So their first question was, how do you not take feedback personally and how can you handle your emotions when someone is criticizing you? Such a good question. It's important to get good at receiving feedback. You know, you'll remember you gave the statistic very early on that 44% of managers admit they dread giving feedback, and which means managers can easily be scared away if you respond negatively. You, you don't want your supervisor to walk away thinking, ooh, I'm going to try to avoid those kind of conversations if I can. Yeah, never doing that again. And never doing that again. You do not want them. And you, you know they're, they're going to, because you want to be someone who shows that you have a growth mindset, that you're open to learning, you're open to growth. Okay. So first thing you need to do is be curious and ask questions. So how do you handle your emotions? You can, you can say, wow, okay, that comes as a real surprise, but, but tell me more, you know, get curious. And it's going to be hard in that moment if it's, if it's hitting you in the gut, but ask, okay, uh, this is the first time I'm hearing that. Can you, can you tell me more? I really want to understand. Personally, I take a lot of notes because- Me too. Yep, you do. It gets me Mm -hmm. in my head, gets me out of the emotional zone. It gets me into into my head. Plus, if I'm having a strong emotional reaction, I might miss important things that my supervisor is saying, right? So it's better to capture it now and I can review it later and make it easier for me to to like just stay present in the moment and I won't, nothing is going to get lost or distorted. Um, I also have self-talk that I do in the moment. What I repeat to myself, if, if I'm suddenly like, oh no, oh no, this is terrible. I don't want to be hearing this, is they're trying to help me. They're trying to help me. She's probably nervous too. <laughs> she might be doing a bad job at this, but she's trying to help me. And that and that really puts me in a mindset of she's caring about me. I'm saying she because my last supervisor was a she. Um, and I had some of these moments where I had to practice this with her. Um, she's trying to help me. She's trying to help me. And that really helps me. If you're a fan of Brene Brown, in her book, Dare to Lead, she admits she has mantras. So things that she uses is, I'm brave enough to listen. I'm brave enough to listen. And she repeats it to herself. The other mantra she uses that I really like is there's something valuable here. Look for what's valuable. Take what yeah. works and, and ignore the rest. And that can be really smart because so often we feel we have to take it all in. Instead, thinking about I'm going to take what works and I'm going to leave the rest. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I've worked with people who cry easily, okay, who know that they cry easily. And if that's you, 
Have a conversation with your managers separate from feedback conversations. Have this right away if you can. If you know you're someone who cries easily, has strong emotional reactions, um, the, the problem here is that the other person can think that you've lost control and that you're not rational anymore. And that's especially true. That's a perception of women, which is really unfair, but there's a common perception with women if they're getting emotional, they're no longer being rational. So, mm-hmm. so have this conversation with your manager separately in a say, okay, I just happen to be someone who cries easily. I wish that weren't the case, but it happens to be true. It doesn't mean I don't want tough feedback. That would be a terrible outcome. How do we want to handle it if I find myself about to cry? How do we want to handle those moments? And brainstorm with your manager. Your manager will be like, wow, thanks for telling me. Uh, I, I don't know. What do you suggest? And then you can say, how about I, you know, I make sure that I take notes and when I get back to my desk, I, I report back to you. I, I don't want us to lean away from these conversations. I just need a moment to compose myself, whatever it might yeah. be. But if you let your manager know that, then your manager's not going to be tiptoeing around because all too often people shut down if someone cries. So that would be my advice. If that happens to be you, I know it's probably a small percentage of your listeners, but it can be a real obstacle for growth if that's you. Yeah, no, I th- I think that's actually a really good point. We did have a couple of people, and I don't know if I put it in these questions or not, where she said like, it's like, I just start crying and I can't stop it. And I'm like so embarrassed. So I actually think that if someone, they know they're a person who quickly can cry and kind of can't control it no matter how much they want to. Having the conversation before you get the feedback versus after is so, so good. I love that advice. I love it too. Yeah. And you can say to the, you can say to your supervisor, like, I'm still thinking clearly. It's yes. just, mm-hmm. you know, I wish I could control this aspect of my body and I can't. So mm-hmm. I, I, I can still be an amazing employee. Let's, let's work through this together. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next question is, how do you solicit more specific feedback from your manager or the best way to ask for clarification when the feedback that you got is still not clear? And I understand this. Like they might say, oh, you know, you could have done better with this. And then you might say, well, could you give me some examples? And they're like, well, I don't really have any off the top of my head. Like something vague like that where you, you're told you need to work on something, but you have no idea what direction to go. And, you know, that's especially tricky in 360 reviews for people who get that feedback of, you know, so-and-so needs to give better advice. Wait, I need to give better advice? When? Who said this? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You're just like, can we we give me some details? When? Should I just stop giving advice? I don't know what to do with that. Um, So first of all, in terms of getting better feedback from your manager, one word makes all the difference. Ask for advice. Don't ask for feedback. There's fabulous research by Jai Woon Yoon and her colleagues at Harvard Business School. They found that they, they, they played with the language and they found that if you ask someone for advice, not feedback, they'll give you 30, 34% more pieces of actionable advice. And all the word, the only word they changed was advice, not feedback. And they tested this in real world settings. So play with that. Ask for advice. When you ask for feedback, people often think you're asking to be evaluated and, and people look backwards. Whereas when you're asking for advice, they know you're looking forwards. And so they're going to be more helpful. So that's, that's one great strategy. Ask for advice, not feedback. The second piece of advice that I have is... And, and all too often, people will get the, the vague, just keep doing what you're doing. It's all great, Lord. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you know, I love the work you do. No news is good news. It's so frustrating. And women get that feedback more than men do, by the way. So um, here's a strategy I like to use. If your manager won't give you areas for improvement, take what I call the pick one strategy. Go, go into your next <laughs> meeting with, yeah, pick one. Go back into your manager as opposed to, you know, the Panera's pick two. Go into your manager and say, okay, 
here are the three or four things I'm thinking about working on as improvements. Which one is your top priority? And now your manager is knows you're, you're getting really detailed about this. And that gives your manager permission to get specific. And in, in my experience, when I've done this with my manager, her reaction was like, oh, and she looks at the list. She's like, actually, none of these. What I'd really like you to do is blank. <laughs> right. right. You know, and she now comes up with the fifth thing that I hadn't even thought about. Gosh, that is so much more valuable than the conversation we were having where she would just shrug and say, you're doing great. Don't worry about it. Right. She, you know, she was treating me like I was being too uptight. <laughs> you know, um, what I, I find interesting about this, too, is that it's it did require you to do a little bit of prep work before you went in for that. And so for, right. when people complain about not getting a specific feedback, a question to throw back on them is, are you willing to do a little bit of this prep work to get more specific feedback? And if you're not, then you kind of you get what you get, too. Yes. And what's really nice, if you come up with the list, you're controlling. And, and I ask people to say, what would you be willing to improve and what's off the table? And having that thought, thinking that through ahead of time before you go into That's the good. meeting so that if your manager does ask you to improve something like, wow, I can't, I can't, I don't think I can, I don't think I have the bandwidth for that right now, but here's how we can move in that direction. Right. So thinking ahead of time, exactly what you said, doing that prep work. The other thing I like to do, if your manager is just being vague and like, don't worry about it, Lauren, you're doing great to say, okay, would you give me a 10 out of 10? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and your manager, I mean, just about every manager is going to be like, well, maybe not a 10 out of 10. I'd give you a nine out of 10. And then you could say, great. How do I improve that by one point? Right. Now yeah. we've made it manageable <laughs> and your manager has admitted there's, you know, there's a little room for improvement. And then you can, you know, you can laugh about it, but then your manager shows that you're, you're showing your manager really serious about change. Yeah, that's great. What about how can you disagree with the feedback without sounding whiny? This is an interesting question. I love this. And I think it's really important. So one strategy is to ask for more details, right? You want, as I said earlier, you want to show your manager that you're someone who's curious about feedback and wants to grow. So if your manager says something, and this women get this feedback three times more often than men do, is you're a bit aggressive. Women get that feedback and it's not fair and it's just perceptions about how women are supposed to behave. But let's say your manager says you're a bit aggressive or you come off strong sometimes. You know, you want to ask for two things. First, ask for specific behaviors. What am I doing that seems aggressive? And then ask for context. You know, this feedback is new to me and I want to be sure I understand it so I can improve. In what situations do people think I'm aggressive or in what situations do people think I'm coming off as too strong? Mm -hmm. So that's, so you're getting more details, right? And then now you've got something concrete that you can push back on. Instead of the label, you can say, you know, okay, so you're saying that I, people think that I interrupt a bit, but that's actually the norm on the team, right? You know, Dan mm -hmm. and Randy do it all the time. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, actually, um, <laughs> Alicia Menendez, who wrote The Likeability Trap, I remember I asked her this question. She said a good way to, uh, to put it back on them is to say compared to whom because to that whom? might yes. yeah because that might be it it's that the, when the men do it it doesn't stand out to them as much but when you do it it stands out so also sometimes when you're to your point get, about getting more details you could also say oh compared to whom 
you know, am I more aggressive? Um, yes. It, I mean, to, you're pointing out the obvious and I'm curious, is it, is it possible that you could be asking for more details and it come across like you're a person who needs step-by-step directions? Cause I know that's a real sensitive point that millennials get a bad rep for and probably Gen Z too, is that, you know, we need step-by-step directions or we want, you know, it's like we're in college and we want the syllabus that tells us step-by-step how to do something. So could, could this backfire at all? So this is a tricky line to walk. And I, and I, especially for millennials and Gen Z who, where there is this stereotype that they want, they, they want a play-by-play of what to do. So here's what I would try. Again, you're, you want to, you're, you want to frame what you're about to ask for. Just like earlier, we talked about good intentions. This is a different focus. So I would say to my manager, something like, you know, you've got a perspective that I don't. You see the bigger picture of where the organization is headed and what the bigger picture is here. So I'd love your advice on how I could have more impact. You know, what should I be doing more of? What should I be doing less of? And and I'd also love to check in with you in a few weeks to see if I've pivoted enough or if I need to pivot even more. Would would you be open to that? So what's what's nice about what you did, first of all, you complimented your boss. You know, you pointed out that they have a perspective you don't. And you're asking for advice, which as we said earlier, is is crucial. And you're making it concrete. You know, what should I be doing more of? What could I be doing less of? And you're opening the door for future conversations. I'd love to check in with you to see if I've pivoted enough. So I would take that that approach and that way it's not, you're, you know, you're not, doesn't feel like you're asking for a step-by-step play-by-play syllabus, yeah. but you're saying, you know, you see things I don't and you have a vision for this team and how can I have more impact? And just about any manager is interested in making sure that the people on their team have more impact. So they're going to be, they're going to be grateful or if not grateful, they're at least going to be more open to that conversation and see, they're going to see you as being more strategic rather than whiny or needy. Yeah. I love that. Everyone is going to pause and reverse to literally write down what you said word for word, which is, I think, great. I think it's always awesome when people give examples like that, because we can use what you just said and then you know, tailor it to our boss, our company culture, our job, and and you start becoming more comfortable with these conversations. I think another thing is practice in front of the mirror or practice saying out loud this type of stuff so that when you go to ask your boss or say it to your boss, it doesn't feel weird coming out of your mouth. Because I know that asking for feedback and doing it in what the way you just did can be uncomfortable for people. But the more you practice it and the more you say it, again, it's just like preparation. I, I do think it will get easier. And I was always told, and I liked this advice, is that you you uh, train people on how to treat you. So if you become a person who's really good at asking for feedback, following up, and making it as part of kind of like this feedback culture, just with yourself too, I think then you start to I guess, train your boss or your peers that you're going to ask for feedback, you're going to follow up. And that's a really good, in my opinion, a really good trait to be known for in the workplace, right? Absolutely. You know, if your manager sees you as someone with a growth mindset, someone who's always learning and growing, they're going to be eager to invest in you, right? And so you do, you you want to train people how to treat you. I think that's a great insight. And I love your your notion of practicing. I I would consider it role-playing. One of the things, one of my favorite uh, work environments. I, I had a partner who was hired right about the same time that I was. And what we agreed to to do was to to serve as someone we could bounce, bounce 
moment, practice conversations with, bounce ideas off of. So what I would, what we would do for one another is we'd go in, shut the door, like, have you got five minutes? I just need to practice this conversation. You know, the, the other person would perk up and say, go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and we would, and we would like, okay, here's what I'm thinking of saying to, you know, our boss, I'll, um, I'll, I'll call her Melissa. Here's what I'm thinking about saying to Melissa. How does it sound? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he would think and be like, okay, this and this work. This part, yeah. you no, know, when you said that, you you look like you were crumpling. Don't do it that way, <laughs> right? And so it's really nice to have. And then he was a confidant. He would do the same with me and come in and role play before we'd go in to say, to ask for something or to say something we were dreading. It's, you And you'll love, you'll love having a partner you can do that with. So um, I do, you know, if you don't have anybody, practice it alone, but ideally practice it with another person. Mm-hmm. I actually even like the tip of maybe practicing with a man since <laughs> they might like have this confidence of like, well, why are you st- stating it like that? Just go for it. Or I don't just know. Go just go for like, it. Right. Yeah, right. I could, I could I, see like that as being kind of the secret sauce a little bit. Yeah. And that's a really interesting point, Lauren. One of my colleagues would often say, you don't, you don't need to give all that background. Just, yeah. just ask for it. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, really? He's like, no, you're, you're, you're weakening your position. You're giving her things to argue with. Just go right in and say, Hey, would it be possible to, that's the language that I love mm-hmm. is, would it be possible to, because the other person always wants to do what's possible. Right. Yeah. So if you ask, would it be possible to give me feedback? I've got this big presentation coming up. Would it be possible to give me feedback? The two days before. And the other person would mm-hmm. be like, oh, let me look at my calendar, right? You know, now, right. Now all of a sudden, they're just like thinking about the possibilities. They're not thinking about, why does she ask for so much feedback? So anyway, that's that's great language. And, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got a good insight. My go-to is, would you consider? I love the word consider. It's like possibility. You know, it's like, yeah. they're just nice, soft ways of saying like, hey, hey, this is what I want. <laughs> right. Um, would you consider? I really like that too. That's That's another one to add to your toolkit. Exactly. Okay. So last question um, came from a manager and she asked, how can I coach someone after I've given them feedback? Yeah, that's a nice, that's a nice question. I'm glad you've got a manager who's asking that. So in my experience, coaching is one of the three kinds of feedback, right? There's appreciation, there's coaching, and then there's letting someone know where they stand. So I think this manager is asking, how do I transition? You know, I've just let someone know that they've got to redo their graphs, or I've just let someone know that, you know, they seemed unprofessional in a meeting. What I would, what I would transition then to is to immediately ask. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm asking you to make a change. What would support look like? What would support look like? And that is, you know, you, you want to be asked that as, as an employee, because now you get the reins are back in your hand. You get to figure out like, okay, what would support look like? Let me think about this for a second. Yes. All right. And then they, you, you know, the, the, the other person, gets a chance to say, well, I think, you know, support would really look like this and, you know, take blank off my plate or, um, you know, give me an extension, right? So they're not asking for coaching. They're asking you to make the work easier. And then you can say, if they're not asking for coaching, you could say, would some coaching be helpful right now? And there's a good chance that someone will say yes to add that question. And the way that I love to give coaching, if I have advice and I, I want to offer it in a way that the other person is going to be as receptive as possible, great phrase to use is what might happen if you tried blank? And then I insert Mm. my suggestion. What might happen if you tried blank? And the other person's then, now the two of you are problem solving together. What would happen if I tried that? Wow. Okay. Well, here's, here's, here's what I can imagine happening. And the two of you are problem solving together, but it's a sneaky way to give advice in a way that shows that you're supporting them and you're finding, and you're testing the waters. Could this work? So um, start with what would support look like? 
if they're not asking for coaching, would some coaching be helpful? And then last, if you have some advice and you're dying to give it and they never, they're not asking for it, what might happen if you tried blank? I love it. We, we should carry it like a little like booklet of all the terms. It's like, here's a softer version of saying no at work. Here's a softer version <laughs> of saying this at work because these are such, I mean, this is the stuff that people get really, as you said, managers don't know how to start the conversation, right? Like, I think this is always funny too, because the same thing happens with like a subject line. Like they're like, I want to network with this person, but what do I put in the subject line? It's like that very first line to get the the conversation going can really stump people. And so we should create a little booklet. But Atrice, this has been amazing. Where can people find you, find your book, tell them all the things? Because I think feedback is one of the huge uh, pieces in the workplace that can be improved. And I, for all the managers out there who are worried that their employees are going to leave, it's an amazing retention tool too. And so I really think this is an area that requires a lot more time and energy and effort. So please share where they can find you and, and put more energy and effort into it. Sure. Well, so you can find me at TheresaHouston.com or you can look me up on LinkedIn, um, Therese Houston. And another great thing is I, I do a lot of work with organizations, both uh, companies and nonprofits in helping improve feedback at work. So if you work for a culture where you're thinking, we need help, <laughs> we yeah, really need everyone's help. like, we need better. you. <laughs> we need, we need you, Therese. Um, reach out to me. I would love to help you and your organization get better at giving feedback so that everyone is lifted up and can do their best work. Yeah. And we're going to put links to all of that in the show notes, including your new book, Let's Talk, Make Effective Feedback Your Superpower, which I would highly also recommend that people make their company book club or, you know, start that as a a reading group. So thank you, Therese, so much. Thank you so much. It's a treat to be here, Lauren. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Contessa podcast. You guys know that we love your feedback and we love your reviews. So please consider leaving us um, some feedback and a review on this podcast. It also helps our show get found by other new listeners. If you want to learn more about Therese and buy her book, Let's Talk, check out our show notes for the links. Lastly, for some extra step-by-step feedback support, check out our online course, Critique Crash Course, to go along with Therese's book. In this online course, we're giving you templates and scripts and exercises to prepare before, during, and after your feedback meeting. Plus, you'll also hear from some experts um, who we interviewed in the course to make sure that you leave your feedback meetings full of inspiration and not irritation. We've linked to all of that in the show notes as well. 